We're going to start in the Gospel of Mark today. Mark chapter 9. <coughs> it's a wonderful record here in Mark 9 we're going to read. And uh, I got to thinking this is the time of year where everybody tends to make re what they call resolutions, right? They plan they're going to do something for the rest of the year and um, then by mid-January, it's pretty much done, right? <laughs> done deal. Uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. I think resolutions are a good thing. We resolve certain things in our mind. I was thinking, well, what kind of resolution would I want to make? And uh, I was thinking of this record in Mark 9, and we'll read that, and we'll get to that in a minute. But let's, let's start reading verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes <coughs> questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question are you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. It's interesting, the man knew that his son was possessed. Right? He hath a dumb spirit. And what, where, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out and they could not so it's a pretty dire situation for a, for a man to have his son you know fall down and foam and tear and do all kinds of pretty you know um, not pleasant things right let's put it that way and he, and he came to them they couldn't cast him out in verse 19 Jesus responded he answered answereth them and said O faithless generation how long shall I be with you how long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. So Jesus asked the man to bring the son over. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Right away. See, as soon as the son came over, he fell on the ground and started foaming at the mouth. Right. Um, you'll notice a lot of times in when, when we try to believe God, we believe, we're, we're working on believing God, you'll get a lot of obstructions in your life, right? In this situation here, the devil was going to do anything to make sure that that spirit stayed in that boy. So as soon as he brings the boy over, the, the, the spirit takes him and slams him on the ground, and he starts foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. So this has been happening since this boy was a child. It's been happening probably many years. I can't understand how difficult that would be for a parent to have his child do this constantly right? and not be able to do anything about it. Right? And sometimes, oftentimes, verse 22, it hath cast him into the fire. Right? Can you imagine your son or daughter being thrown into a <coughs> fire right? and you can't stop it? And into the water. So the, the Spirit has tried to burn him. It has tried to drown him right? since he was a child. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Right. So the man came to Jesus and he said, If you can do anything. Right. He didn't say to him, I know you can do it. He said, If you can do it. Right. So he wasn't really sure at that point um, if the Lord could help him. Right. So all he said was, If you can ha do anything, help us. 
And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Right? So Jesus Christ, the, the man said, If you can do anything. And Jesus said, Well, if you can believe. Right? He put the if right back to the Father. Because it was the Father who needed to believe here. Right? Now, this is the, the next uh, verse is the one I was thinking about when I was thinking about Mira's resolutions. Right? The man replied, verse 24, And straight away, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Right? And I was thinking, um, I would like to resolve right, this year to eliminate unbelief in certain areas of my life. Right? And there's a resolution that might be interesting to follow through with. Right? I, don't, I, I, should, I should not like unbelief in my life. If I have an area of my life that I can't believe God or haven't been able to believe God, I should not be satisfied with it. Right? That's not where I want to stay. Right? You know, someone might say, well, I want to you know, lose 20 pounds. Someone might say, I want to gain 20 pounds. Someone might want to say, I'll never eat chocolate for the rest of the year. Or, well, those are, you know, fine. Do that. Right? You know, how about saying, this area of my life where I have unbelief, I want help. I want to get out of the unbelief in this area of my life. And it's interesting, the man didn't... What I love about this situation, you're going to see this, like, it doesn't take long, right? He says to Jesus, Help thou, my unbelief, you help, help me, right? And um, verse 25, When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried, and rent him sore, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead, always dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Right? So, whatever unbelief that man had, did it take long to get rid of it? No. Right? I mean, we're talking maybe a minute or two or, I don't know, seconds. I don't know. It doesn't say how much time it took here. But realistically, I mean, it didn't take that long to deal with whatever unbelief. And the great thing I love about the record is he said to Jesus, help my unbelief. You help me. Right? And that's, that's, you know, we need to be at least that honest in our lives. Right? If I know, if I don't believe, and if I have, you know, I, I can, I can, I can, probably write out for you a little booklet of areas where I know I'm pretty good at believing God and areas where I'm not so good at believing God, right? We need to be that honest in life, right? And the thing I love here is he went to Jesus Christ for his help. I don't, I'm not, we shouldn't go somewhere else. The only person, the only one who's going to help you or me in our unbelief to deal with it, get rid of it, is God and the work Jesus Christ has done and His wonderful Word. There's no place else you can go to help eliminate unbelief. If I go somewhere else, right, it won't work. Right. Um, we'll see that in a minute. Right? Um, let's go to Psalm 46. Psalm 46. I thought what we'd look at, I mean, after starting with that record, is some verses that we may want to have in our minds when we're thinking about learning or, or being able to believe God bigger in an area of life, right? So I thought we'd look at some of those verses. You know, the fact that the man didn't take long to believe after that point, it's encouraging, right? If I've got unbelief, I just need to know what it is that I've got to do to believe God and then follow through with that 
and I should see the same results the man saw, which was deliverance for his son. Can you imagine what, what would have happened after that deliverance? We don't even know. He didn't went home with his wife or whatever, and they rejoiced. How many? I don't know. It doesn't say. But what a great deliverance for the son no longer to be thrown into the fire, no longer to be thrown into the water. And all it took was him going to the Lord and saying, help my unbelief. Right? And whatever Jesus said to him helped him to the point that he got deliverance. Right? Um, Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Right? He's, a very, he's always there. God is always there. He is a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and the swelling thereof. Salah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Right. And I've read that verse, and you know, again, I think we talked about it in fellowship a few times, but I, I've seen that verse on, on, you know, you see a nice scene of a lake or a river and, you know, wonderful trees and blowing, be still, and know that I'm God. Or you see a little brook with a little drop dropping in it, you know, be still, and that kind of calmness. I'm not sure that's what this says here, right? And again, this is me. But when you read the context, they're talking about the great power of God and His make you know, make it the wars to cease. He does that. He breaketh the bow. He called. He burned the chariot in the fire. I, I think, to me, this says, "Be still and know that I am God." Right? It's not that kind of you know, calm. Be still. No, it's no. You recognize that He is God, right? and He is always there. To help us. That's what he said. A very present help in time of trouble. Right. You know, again, if I don't go to him to get rid of unbelief in my life, then I am God. Right. He, said, he, said, he said, be still and know that I am God. So if I want help, I'm going to go to him. Because I can't do it on my own. Right. If I could have done it on my own, or you, then Jesus Christ would not have been necessary. And if you think you can do it on your own, you are more deceived than anyone. That's what, the, that's what the Word says, right? The world needed a Savior, right? Um, so every time when God says, Be still, and I am, I will be, look next part, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth, right? Not you, right? God says, Be still, and I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Salah. What a great, and it starts that way, ends that way. God is always with us, a very present help in trouble. <coughs> I, for one, am very thankful that He is God, right? <coughs> Psalm 121. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 1. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. And then we know the, the proper translation of this should be, 
Will, or shall I lift up mine eyes onto the hills? And the, and the next part of the verse is a question. From whence cometh my help? Right. And again, this is referring to those uh, the heathen who would build their temples. And we were watching some show on TV. with the Girls, remember that show we were watching with the monkeys and all that? All those temples up in the hills, right? They had the... We were watching the show about uh, a whole city or a whole country worships monkeys and rats, right? That was the best one, rats, right? Anyhow, they had these temples up in the hills. So the psalmist here is asking, Shall I lift up my eyes to those pagan gods that build their temples on the uh, mountains? From whence comes my help? Verse 2, My help comes from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not... See, these are, again, these are thoughts that you know, when, we're, when we're endeavoring to believe God in an area of our lives, I don't care what it is, uh, finances, health, peace, prosperity, it doesn't matter what it is, deliverance in any area of life, right? We've got to have something to put in our mind that helps us to believe. And I thought, you know, this, these are some verses that help me. Uh, if they help you, great. And, you know, you can find the ones that help you. Well, all I'm encouraging us to do is, in dealing with that area, we find what God says in His Word to help us to overcome. Just like the man went to the, the guy and said, Lord, you help my unbelief, right? So here, you know, what a great thing to think about. From what God, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. God never falls asleep at the switch, right? He doesn't fall asleep. Right? He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Right? God doesn't need to sleep at night, right? He never sleeps. He basically he is always there. It's the same thing we read in the other verse, a very present help in time of trouble. He will not slumber or sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Right. Great thing to think about. Right. Look at uh, Psalm 119. Back just one. You know the thing about making resolutions is you're trying to make you're trying to you're, what we're trying to do with a resolution is trying to go in a certain direction, right? If, I don't care what it is, whether it's a resolution to work out every day for the next year or whatever it is. You're trying to achieve something. You're trying to get somewhere, right? Um, in Psalm one nineteen one hundred five, says, "Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path." Right? <coughs> the whole idea about the whole. The word is a lamp onto my feet, a light onto my path. The path, you know, if you're standing there, there's a path there, and there's a light shining on the path, and you're just standing there, right? The light isn't doing you any good, right? The whole idea is that it's, it's, it's a light onto our path as we move, as we walk out on it, right? On what the Word of God says. It applies motion towards a direction, right? So if I'm trying to get to, let's say I'm trying to deal with uh, an area of my life I need more help in. Well, I need to find the Word of God, trying that, and the, the Word God promises that that Word will light your path. It's what's going to show you which way to go, right? Uh, not just, well, I'm going to try 10 different ways and see which, which one works out. No. If we find the Word that's required for the area of our life, that is what will give us the light to go in that direction, right? Whether I'm trying, let's say I'm, try, I'm, I'm, let's say I'm anxious all the time. You know, I, I'm always full of fear or anxiety. Well, I need to find what the Word of God says, right, about anxiety, and put that Word on in my mind, and that's going to be the light that I need to, 
to focus on my path in that particular area, right? Um, okay, Romans chapter 4. Romans 4. Again, just looking at ways of overcoming unbelief. This is a great, another great key that I, I love. In Romans chapter 4, it says in verse, talking about Abraham, verse 20 says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So he, he could have, right? If, if we stagger what the Word of God says through unbelief, we don't get the results. So Abraham didn't do that. So what did he do instead? Right? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So what did he do? But, instead of staggering, was strong in faith, giving glory to God. See, no matter what happens in our lives, no matter where we're going, whatever results we're seeing or not seeing, our heart's, heart attitude should be giving glory to God. We, we glorify God. Whether, you know, whether something bad happens to it, we, we, we glorify God. Something good happens, we glorify God. Right? Um, look, look, look at the next, next verse. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. We have to be assured in our heart, we, if we see that the Word of God says something, it says, if you do this, then God says, I will do this. That's the end of it. Now, what, let's say you don't see it for uh, a week. Let's say you don't have that result by January 15th when most resolutions fall away, right? Well, what do you do? Well, you just give glory to God. You give glory to God and you keep confessing that what God is able to do, right, what He has promised, He will perform. That's what the Word says. That's what Abraham did. You know how long it took him? A little bit longer than two and a half weeks, right? 20-some years, right? 25 years, I believe it was. 25 years from the point that God made the promise for Isaac until he was born. And what did he do? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, right? but was strong in believing, giving glory to God. You see, he didn't, go, he, didn't, he didn't even go down the route of unbelief. In order to avoid unbelief, he just gave glory to God. So, you know, what, what, what lesson is that to me and you? You know, you get up in the morning and say, well, God, thank you for the day. You know, uh, let's say you have a sore throat and you're really sick. Well, God, can you still thank God for the day? Can you thank God for the deliverance that's available through Jesus Christ? Can you thank God for eternal life? Can you thank God that Jesus Christ is coming back someday? Can you thank God that you have perfect peace on the inside? Right? Can you thank God that He had His Son die for you so you could have eternal life? See, I can give glory to God no matter what results I may or may not be seeing in the area of my life. That's one way to avoid unbelief. Right? The other one that Abraham was into was being fully persuaded. And if you're not, then you know, if I'm not or you're not fully persuaded in an area, then you or me, we have to go to the Word and get fully persuaded. Right? How much work does it take to, you know, lose weight or gain weight or work out every day? We all, we put, we, f we put forth, you know, effort towards other things in life. Well, I think, for me, I need to put forth effort in <laughs> removing unbelief in my life. It's not just going to go away, right? doesn't work that way, right? If I'm not purposely putting on God's Word, honoring God like the Word says, glorifying Him, and going to the Word, say, okay, this, I need to understand this, it doesn't just go away. I mean, if you're staying in the Word, yeah, you'll see things go away. You know, fears and things just eliminate, but that's because the Word's doing the work, right, in your life. So, you know, uh, 25 years, and then he finally saw the promise. And all that time, he says he never staggered. He never, ever doubted that God would come through. Never doubted it.
That's great. Hebrews 3. See, remember, so the point being again, where did he go to? He went to God. He hadn't seen it yet, he went to God. That man who came to Jesus Christ, he said, help thou, you help my unbelief. Right? You help me. Right? And he did. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who had built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit saith, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved, with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, what, what lessons do we learn from what Israel did in the Old Testament? Did God do a lot of things for them those 40 years? Lots of things, and they just refused to look at those things. And they just said, "Yeah, whatever." Right? They they saw my works forty years, and they did, they didn't they have not known my ways. Well, the end result was unbelief, and they departed from the living God. You see that? If I want to believe, I got to stick with the living God. The man said to Jesus, "You help my unbelief." Right? If I wanted to, if I depart from Him. It's unbelief. But if I stick with him, that's my chance to believe God. They had all the, all the word. They, they, they chose not to believe him. Right? And they departed from the living God. And as a result, unbelief, and they couldn't enter into the promised land. Right? That's what happened. So God says, don't do that. You know, take, take, the, take the example. Harden not your heart as the day of provocation. Right? And so uh, well, how, how would we avoid that? Well, if you know the works God has done for you, like we said, has Jesus died for you? Did you get born again? Do you have eternal life? All those things. Don't ever forget the works of God. Don't ever. And if you find yourself straying, go back to Him because He's the one who's going to help you believe. Right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, right? Or, or the Word concerning Christ. Right? That's where believing comes. Otherwise, all bets are off, right? Um, Let's look at, we'll close in Hebrews chapter 4, the next chapter, just to finish off that record. Um, Let us therefore fear, verse 1, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. There's some great keys here. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. What was the difference? But the word preached did not profit them. Why did it not profit them? Because not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Right? They heard it, they just didn't believe it. If you want to see profit, we have to believe it. 
For which we have, sorry, verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. He spent six days, right? Six days making the world, and the seventh day he rested. It was done. Um, Verse 5, And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. <coughs> they couldn't enter in, we just read that, they didn't enter in because of unbelief. So how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we not have unbelief? Well, let's keep reading. Again, he limiteth a certain day in saying in David, today after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Right? And well, you know, sometimes when the word of God is spoken to us, we may not necessarily like what it says. Right? I mean, you may not like it. The word of God says that you know, I don't know what's what's a good example. Uh, when it says in Philippians, you know, be anxious for nothing. But what are we supposed to do instead of being anxious? We're to pray. Well, you may not want to pray. No, I don't want to pray. Well, it's too bad. You want to remove anxiety? Harden not your heart. Pray. Right? You see, you see how you, you apply the word to life? The word of God says uh, we ought to tithe. We ought to tithe. Well, people don't like to tithe. Too bad. <laughs> right? Harden not your heart. Right? You see, how do you eliminate unbelief? We, we just do what the word of God... It's not that difficult. Right? And how, okay, how hard is it? Uh, is it... If you're really anxious, you're really afraid something's going to happen to you, something bad, or you're fearful, right? Well, um, how hard is it to pray? Like, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, it says, Be anxious about everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God, right? And the God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That wonderful peace that knows no understanding, right? That you can't understand. Well, I tell you, it's a lot easier to pray. Let's say I'm in a very dire situation and I'm afraid. It's a lot easier to pray than to get myself out of that situation. Isn't it? Right. How about tithing? Well, you know, the, the option is this. God says in Malachi that if we tithe, right, one of the blessings is he rebukes the devourer for your sake. Right. You know, let's say I make a certain amount of money and, I, and let's say I make, I don't know, 100 bucks. And God says, tithe one-tenth. Okay, what's easier? To give, you know, to tithe $10 or to rebuke the devourer in your life? What's easier? I would say, I would leave the hard stuff to God. I'll do the easy stuff He's asked me to do. And that will mean that my heart is not hardened and the results are overwhelming, right? See, it's so simple. Believing the Word of God is so simple. And yet people still, like those, those guys, had, they had shoes on their feet that never wore away for 40 years, right? They had manna from heaven for 40 years, right? The Red Sea parted, you know, the serpent to protect them, right, when they had the, the serpent bites. The waters, bitter waters made sweet, right? Miracle upon miracle upon a miracle, and they hardened their heart, right? What did they have to do? Nothing. So how about you and I? You know, the Bible says that if I want to get stronger spiritually, I had to speak in tongues. Why do I do that? Well, too darn bad. Right? Harden not your heart. You do what the Word of God says. 
well, how, you, how else are you going to build yourself up spiritually? How are you going to do it? Do you have a better idea? Right. He said, help thou my unbelief. Right. And God says, it's simple. Here's what you've got to do, and here's what I'll do for you. Right. And I mean, the, you know, it's like a scale like this. All I've got to do is this little thing, and God does this for me. Right. You know, um, Verse 8, for if Joshua, that should be Joshua in verse 8, not Jesus. For if Joshua had given them rest, then there would be not, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works. Right? So when you should know you're at rest with God is when, when you get to that point in your life, you stop trying to do your own works to earn his blessing his love for you, His grace, all those things, you just stop. What did God do in the seventh day? He sat. Right? That's the example there, isn't it? The example He's giving us here? Six days He worked, seventh day He rested. Okay? If, if Jesus Christ has done everything for you, to, to com- what, works are, or what, what are the works you've got to do to earn God's love, his, you know, to get, earn eternal life? There are, there are none. Right? So it says, He that entered into His rest, He hath ceased from His own works as God did from His. Verse 11, Let us labor therefore. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're talking about work. We just talked about ceasing from work, but now we're talking about work. Well, let's keep reading. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Right? Where is the labor, right? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's the Word. You see, it's the Word that does the work. That's where we labor. We labor to believe His Word. Right? And it does, all, it does the work. It says that when you hear the Word, believing comes. Right? When you hear the Word, who are you going to? It's, whose Word is it? God's Word. Right? When you accept all that Jesus Christ done for you, what are you doing? You're confessing that the living Word is true. It's all, who's the author of all of it? Right? God. You see how it's when we go to Him and say, You help my unbelief and God says okay you want to limit, limit unbelief real simple right? I'm always there for you I'm a very present help in time of trouble I'm a refuge for you I'll never leave you I'll never forsake you stop doing your own works I did them all for you I love you no matter what accept the work Jesus Christ has done for you right? you're complete in him accept that be thankful to me don't forget the things I've done for you you know here's a few little things you can do and I'm going to give you this this much in return, right? Real simple, right? God's Word is simple. If it ever gets complicated, we're, we're off the mark, right? It's so simple to do God's Word, right? Um, so, you know, if we ever have an area that we need help, right? If we need to deal with unbelief in an area, we ought to go right to the source, and that's God. And all that He's done is wonderful Word, and all that Jesus Christ has accomplished for us, right? For Him, right? So, some, you know, res- New Year's resolutions worth thinking about, maybe.